great morning, good people, and thank you for listening to Her Story Podcast. Her, H-E-R, is an acronym for Heroic, Empowering, and Resilient. And this is a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it's an illness, a financial burden, or a dead-end job. In general, unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or alone. When you feel like you've hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights, we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who have gone through the very same barriers you may be currently facing, but they didn't give up. In fact, they use their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women. And if they can break through their hardships, so can you, because you are her. Heroic, empowering, and resilient. Great morning, good people. Again, it is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Today, I have with me Miss April Taylor. April is the founder of the SVE Firm, which is a full-service consulting firm that partners and collaborates with clients to deliver results and navigate complex challenges. SVE brings over 10 years of specialized expertise in strategic planning, event management, sponsorship activation, and nonprofit management. The firm name, the SVE Firm, was intentionally named to solidify the core values of strategy, vision, and execution. SVE ensures that clients are served with integrity, excellence, teamwork, and first-class customer service, while also benefiting greatly from the team's diverse range of knowledge and expertise. April Taylor, welcome to Her Story Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Yes, so excited to learn more about your firm, about other projects and what you have going on. But before we get into that, please tell us a little about yourself outside of that amazing bio. Where are you currently located and more? First of all, thank you for that amazing intro. That that was wonderful. Thank you, thank you. I am originally from Memphis, Tennessee. I currently reside in Daytona Beach, Florida. But I consider myself bi-coastal because within a 30-day period, I'm usually between the southeast and northeast is where a lot of my work is. I'm the oldest of four. I love sports. I am just honored to be an auntie. You know, that's the the best job I think you can have because I don't have to, like, do all the hard work. I just get to buy all the gifts and take all the trips. Yes. Definitely. Shout shout out to the rich aunties. You know how uh, how social media uh, likes to highlight it. <laughs> Right. Well, April, again, it's a pleasure to be able to learn more about you on the Her Story platform. And in short, just so if someone is listening, it's your first time, Her is an acronym for Heroic, Empowering, and Resilient. And so what we do, we focus on women of color turning their barriers or setbacks into triumph in hopes of inspiring others. And entrepreneurship at times, it can be an uphill battle. You can really face different barriers and hardships. It may not be as glamorous as social media likes to portray it. And so can you please share the beginning of your entrepreneurship journey and how did you overcome particular hurdles? Yeah, I, I like that last thing you said. I think everyone thinks it's like what you see on social media, right? It's just like that entrepreneurship is just this like glamorous, instant, overnight sensation. And um, it, it really isn't that, right? I think for me, 
I worked in sports for a very long time and really was feeling boxed in and feeling like I only could do this one thing and I had other skills, but that wasn't my job. And when you work in a corporate space, you know, like you, you do you hire to be the director of this and then somebody else for the other part of uh, the different jobs. And I found myself just being frustrated internally. So jumped out um, on a leap of faith to say, hey, like, I'm good at strategizing, I'm good at executing, and I'm good at helping people with their vision. And most people, what I've learned, they're good at one of the three. And what we do is help you wherever you are in that journey doing that and got really um, fortunate to have Daryl Green really pour into this vision that I had of starting my company and really didn't take the seed funding route. I went the route of I'm going to work a job and then do my company part time. Right. And that's really hard. Right. So I'm like, I was working a nine to five. And as soon as I leave my nine to five, it's SE firm. Saturday, Sunday, it's SE firm. Every holiday is SE firm. Because really trying to manage, you know, when you work in a space of consulting and just entrepreneurship, period, the cash flow is not constant, right? So you have, like, peak seasons. You have, like, you know, because we're a project-based company. You get a lot of projects around the football, a lot of projects around Final Four, really tied to, like, sporting events. Well, that's not happening four times a year. Right. All that in between, there really isn't projects to do. So we've had to, like, really grow what we do to make up for when there aren't big projects happening in the space of sports, which really led, led to all of the um, philanthropy and community service and nonprofit part of the um, company. But the biggest hurdle that I had to overcome was to stop comparing my journey to somebody else. And I think that's really hard when you're an entrepreneur because you're, you're looking for inspiration by looking at other people and like, oh, I, I just need to get that. But all of our journeys are different. And whatever journey you're on or wherever you are in that place, I have grown to know that's exactly where I'm supposed to be. If you rush it, you get that big contract and you won't know what to do with it. And that's going to keep you from getting three more big ones. All right. Like, take your time. Do what you need to do in that in that moment and what God has in that moment, even if it doesn't look good. It's what, it's what you need in that moment. Yes, I, I love that you said it's what you need in that moment. You really hit the nail on the head as related to comparison. I think, you know, we're, we're humans, right? So at, at fault, at times, we want to compare ourselves. And like I said earlier, that social media image of everyone hustling and bustling and having this glamorous life and that when projects or when entrepreneurship journey starts, that business is ongoing and things start rolling in. But again, being transparent and being able to be creative at some off seasons is really how you're going to get your brand to move, to grow, and to set the standard in not comparing. Like you said, your journey is not the same as someone else's. Your lessons learned is not the same as someone else's. So how are you able to pivot and grow? through that will definitely set the tone for how your business will grow. It will definitely set the tone when you set your vision for that larger outcome will be within your overall business. So thank you for sharing that. You're right. People people often, you know, I think it's lost being authentic. At first it was a catchphrase, but I think there's a lot of power and value in being authentic and being unique in what you bring to the table. Because there's something that only I can do. There's something that only you can do, right? It could be the same thing, but how we go about doing that 
going to be unique to who we are and our vision and just you as a person and me as a person. And that's really what I try to ground myself on is that, like, you know, we're going to do what we do good and what we're good at and what sets us aside from everybody else instead of trying to be what we see everybody else be and do. Yeah. And, you know, and really setting what is your area of expertise, like you said, if you get this huge contract and you're not ready or prepared for it, that might hinder you from getting something in the future that's even bigger. So being authentic, being true, and being honest with ourselves, what we want to really focus on. And with that being said, your firm SVE, uh, again, it appears to engage in a plethora of different services while also igniting a key component. Like you said, being involved within community and philanthropy and all of these things as it connects to community events and planning, you also mentioned sponsorship activation. So can you please explain more with your involvement of sponsorship engagement and why is this so critical in expanding your brand and in events? So I I think uh, I like that segue that you made about like all these different things. And the root of all that is I am just honored to have a company that's rooted in intentional work. We do intentional work, right? And so if tomorrow someone called me and talked to me about NFTs, I don't really know a lot about NFTs, but if there's a way and a strategy around it, then we might, that might be a new avenue for our company. So sponsorship, that's kind of how it happens. We started off just helping people put on events, really from a management, event management standpoint. And then we learned that after working with these different players, other people wanted to get involved. And when other people wanted to get involved, they wanted to get involved by giving, right? Not only just like being there on site, but they wanted to make financial contributions. And so that's when I said, you know what? I start building this database of all these companies that are looking for nonprofit, looking for events that are intentional. And a lot, and right now, being black is just hot. Yes. It's just hot right now. <laughs> and everybody wants to check that box that, that they're woke in giving back and understanding the culture of being black, right? And whatever that means for different people. And so the space of sponsorship is just crazy. I'm currently serving as the chief operating officer for the first ever HBCU All-Star Game that will occur in New Orleans during the week of the Final Four. And it is amazing to me how many companies have reached out that want to be a part of this and activating their work and and part about activation that people miss, that's the part where you get to be intentional around how you want ASLAT to support your event. What does that look like? So there's the money that everybody knows about. That's one piece. But what does that look like? Like, what does that look like from a marketing standpoint? What does that look like from a a community engagement standpoint? What does that look like from a branding standpoint, signage, events? Like you get you get an opportunity to take this brand and really infiltrate into whatever event that they're trying to sponsor and activate their brand in a way that's really meaningful. And that's what that's what I like the most about activation is being able to say, I can take this brand and I'm gonna give you your brand is gonna be so elevated because you're gonna see the level of engagement. You're gonna see how you didn't have an internship program, we created one for you. And you were looking for people of color. I have people of color for you. Oh, by the way, you, you're having a tough time getting women of color. Well, because I'm a woman, like minds attract, right? Right. So most people in the space of sport, which is, which is the space I work in mostly, 
everyone calls me, hey, April, my, my son, he, he, he just finished playing football. He needs a job. My grandson, my cousin. It's usually you get calls from everyone trying to push the males into this space. But what I've been able to do is find some of the most talented young ladies who want to work in this space, who want to be in tickets, who want to be in media, who want to be in game day management, who want to do sales, all kinds of stuff that these young ladies want to do. But we usually don't get the opportunity because the other person on the other side, usually one doesn't look like us, nor do they share the same chromosomes as us, right? Right. So it's, just, it's, a, it's a, a natural barrier there. And so activation has allowed me to say, okay, yeah, give us the money. We'll give you the signage. We'll make sure it looks good. But can I ask you this? Can, can I take three or four young people and put them with your executives and let them see a day in your life? Can I, can I introduce you to, to three people that want to work in this space? Right. And every person says yes. Actually, they're actually looking for it, right? So they're running to the same thing. They, they want to be, you know, someone just wrote something saying diversity is easy. Inclusion is what's hard. That's the part of the issue that everyone misses. It's inclusion. You, you can say it. You can want to do it. You can pour money into it. But it's going out and finding the talent and putting people in a space and a culture where they can be successful. And that's what our activation does. Like we go, get the money, we'll do all the branding and marketing, but there's also this other flip that's intentional work that we get to do with that brand and other people in the community. Right. And so in turn, that activation within itself, it creates an opportunity, which I think is really critical, right? In so many different levels, you hit so many different spots to just give some context with what I do. I'm a director of programs for a nonprofit organization. Uh, We focus primarily on voting rights and advocacy, but I also lead a program called She Leads, where we look at women of color activists throughout the state of Louisiana. And not only do we hold conversations, around the importance of sisterhood and engagement and empowerment and providing different classes and skill sets to help them leverage their work. But we also match that with financial support as well. So saying that to say, at times, I think that we do live in a culture where we talk about certain things, right? But we don't do, we don't include those actual opportunities. And like you said, diversity may be easy, but what is that inclusion component? How do you really provide individuals with the resources, with the knowledge to help them grow and build in live and in action? So I think that, again, the HBCU All-Star, I'm excited for it. I want to learn more about it. You said that it's coming to New Orleans. And I'm an HBCU advocate myself. I'm an author with the uh, best-selling Amazon book called The HBCU Experience Movement, where it highlights stories of prominent alumni throughout the Southern University system. It's the HBCU Experience Movement, the Southern University edition. I'm a proud two-times graduate from the Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And like you said, being Black is hot right now, but also participating and graduating and engagement and recruitment around HBCUs is also finally, we are finally getting the highlight and the recognition that we rightfully deserve, right? Always highlight that because at times HBCUs, we only get half of the resources to PWIs and other colleges and universities, yet we always produce greatness. So just think about what could happen 
if that was matched in comparison to other institutions. So saying that to say the HBCU All-Star, it specifically brings light or sheds light around HBCU basketball programs. When is this going to take place, April? And can you share some more details around that? This is about to be an HBCU experience in New Orleans. So we get to town on Wednesday. On Thursday, we're hosting a um, social justice welcome reception. So that is going to be at the Hilton Riverside. On Thursday, during the day, we're going to do some community engagement over at the Kingsley House. Friday and Saturday, we'll do a lot of stuff with the um, different MCA events that are happening, as well as like we have a pro day for the players. Sunday is the big finale, which is the actual game. It'll happen at 3 o'clock. And we have a fan fest that opens up at 12. We've got activations outside. we got activations inside. We're working with NOLA Black Wall Street, who's been amazing, a lady named Goldie, who's getting all our vendors together. We've been working with two local PR firms. One of the gentlemen is named JT, who has just been amazing. He hosted an event for us when we came down last month. He's helping us connect with so many people in New Orleans. We're working with the Spears Group. Like, we're really trying to give back wherever we take this game. And this game will highlight the best of black college basketball. So we went out and had national scouts go out and scout all the different HBCUs. From Division One, Division Two, CIAA, NEAC, SIAC, SWAT, as well as the three independents. And we pulled together the top 24. And on that Sunday, they're going to compete on national TV with our partner, CBS Sports, who's been an amazing champion for us and what we're doing. And they're going to air the game for the first. It's never been done. Yes. And is this really going to elevate HBCU? Since you're talking about Southern, we know how great they are. And they have been um, a blessing. They will be our entertainment for the entire game. They're bringing the dancers, the cheer. They're going to do halftime performance for us. Like, it's just going to be, we got some special guests performing. It's really turning out to be so awesome to have it happen for the first time in New Orleans. We've been trying to do this game since about three years ago. So the CEO and founder, one of my clients, is Travis Williams. This is supposed to happen in Atlanta for the Final Four, but we all know three years ago in March, COVID hit for the first time. So everything got shut down. Right. Then last year was in Indianapolis. No fans can be allowed. COVID is still really bad. You can't really have people in a close proximity together. And so now, here it is, New Orleans, we're actually having it. And it's going to happen. And we're we're just so excited. I'm excited to just get to New Orleans and really see how it play out. Really excited about the welcome reception. We've got some really, really heavy hitters in the space of social justice that are going to be with us as well as some really powerful local dignitaries that are coming to support this initiative and welcome us to New Orleans. So it's going to be a great time. You know, it sounds amazing, April. I would love to, again, participate and be around that, as I stated before, being a part of the racial justice and equity space. That's definitely my realm in HBCU advocacy as well throughout the state of Louisiana. And so you are coming to the best city in Louisiana. I will say that I'm not from New Orleans, but I have been here for quite some years and you have the best band in the land that will be in attendance, the SU Human Jukebox, along with the 
fabulous dancing dolls. So I already know that you've set the tone um, with this event coming to New Orleans and again with Southern University Human Jukebox. And this is what we need, right? This is what we need to ensure that our HBCUs continue to grow, that our HBCUs continue to receive um, different recognition and that individuals pour into these institutions because at the same time, until we are able to have alumni giving campaigns and have different resources that are poured into these institutions, we won't be able to grow and leverage and provide the education to so many individuals like HBCUs have been able to do in the past. So this is amazing. Um, I'm so excited. And what actual weekend is that? You said it's in April? Uh, it's, it's, it's during the it's during the final four. Great, so great. Down that day, the thirtieth is when we arrive. Everything starts on the thirty first. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm definitely so looking forward to it. On the third. Awesome. Definitely looking forward to that, y'all. So if y'all are in New Orleans, please participate and learn more about what's going on the Final Four weekend, the HBCU All-Star. And, you know, it's clear, April, that, look, you wear many hats, right? Uh, Being the COO of the HBCU All-Star, being the founder of the SVE firm and all the various projects that you have. Are there any other projects we should be on the lookout for? I think there's one that is probably most most dear to me, which which is a new project that has just really dropped in my lap. I I also serve as the deputy athletic director at Bethune-Cookman University, and I've been there, I got there probably in August, and every day is an inspiration to have our founder have the level of intentionality that she had from $25 to now getting ready to go to the White House, Dr. Mary McLeod soon. I'm just honored. I think, I think God is putting everything in the right place. I think it's only fitting that I would be working in the space of HBCU land and putting on an HBCU All-Star game. Right. I think I think it really adds credence to the value that we bring and the value that HBCUs bring to everyone. Because I'm not an HBCU grad, but the energy and the feeling that I have since arriving to Cookman and having worked in the space for HBCUs is something everybody should experience and it should be celebrated always. Yes, definitely should be celebrated. And, you know, here in Louisiana, we have Xavier University, we have Southern University, we have Grambling. So we we definitely have uh, many HBCUs, Dillard University as well. So I'm excited for all of the colleges to be able to participate and to be a part of this and, and experience and we it in some way. Now. We're hosting a admissions fair where we're having on-site acceptance at Dillard. And so that's happening on Thursday morning. Awesome. So, so we're... Anytime you hear April Taylor involved in something, it's intentional. So that'll be the fun stuff, but we're going to be intentional in everything we're doing. And I just am grateful for my client, the CEO and founder of the HBCU All-Star Game, that he's open to that. And that the vision and, and what he believes in is to be intentional as well. Yes, like intentionality definitely the matters. Part, it does. Mm-hmm. So you all have to come out and you have to come out too. Like everybody come out, enjoy. We're going to have three stroll off. Like all my AKAs out there, please come, come out. Let's, let's paint it pink and green. Yeah, I, I am a soror. I'm a soror. So I am an oh, AKA. <laughs> Uh, you can really have a really good time and really show the world. And, and what I want everybody to know about this event is it's the first time it's ever happened. So you're going to have people who are looking 
looking for something to watch on that Sunday. And usually on Sunday during this type of weekend, you know, they play like the, you know, the other games, you know, the, the oh, look at this shot. It's the best three-point shot and, you know, classic matchup. But people now never probably have seen an HBCU game or even heard of what an HBCU is. I was um, somewhere the other day and I was telling somebody the commercial came on on TV during a game saying, you know, like, Athlete, of course, the HBCU All-Star Games air, and the person next to me was like, well, what, what is the HBCU? And I was like, okay, watch the game on Sunday. You'll find out. Right. So I just encourage everybody in New Orleans, come out. Let the world see what we're really about and, and, and why we're not monolithic. Right. <laughs> we come in all different shapes, sizes, different backgrounds, different educational levels. You know, our style is, is unparalleled, you know? Like, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how we don't come out. Definitely. Right? Because, you know, we, 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 we shape everything that happens in this world. And to have the opportunity to be a part of history in this way is just extremely humbling and an honor. Yes. And I will say, you know, that Louisiana and New Orleans were not shy of HBCUs because we host the the Bayou Classic every year with Southern University and Grambling, which is one of the longest running HBCU classics in the Deep South. But with this HBCU All-Star game will bring, I think, is a different sport. We're used to coming together over football and HBCU classics. And I think what makes this so unique is that we're looking at a different program. We're looking at basketball and the engagement and bringing students together. So this makes it unique and exciting within itself. So definitely excited to have a new experience as we ignite HBCUs. In the right time. Yes, yes. You know, I do want to look at the power of storytelling or speaking truth into power. And I think that it's critical that we share relatable experiences and stories. And as a woman, not only as a woman, but as a minority woman, as a Black woman, what advice can you offer to other women wanting to follow in your footsteps? The best advice, and I think the most helpful advice, because this journey is tough, right? And I say that because I think too often people only see the end, right? You see like the events, you see the happiness, but it's a lot of ups and downs. And, and I and I challenge everybody, and I offer the advice of celebrate others, right? Like 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 champion other people. There there should never be a moment in your career that you can't celebrate somebody else. And there's power in that. There's so many people when I wasn't doing what I'm doing now or where I was waiting on that project and I went and celebrated my sister. I went and helped at her event. I went and volunteered over here. I went and said, hey, I can make flyers over here. And that it all came back, right? The universe has a way of, it comes back. You get what you sow out in the world. So, so I just, I really encourage, you're going to need that for the bad days. If you don't put enough out, the bad days can be really bad. Mm-hmm. They get really lonely. But if you're, but if you're out there championing um, someone else and supporting someone else, you'll never have a bad day. Right. When you're not winning, somebody else winning, so we all win it. Exactly. Yeah. That's my big place. There's not enough of that. I, I really want us to, to, to be able to celebrate each other. Make that phone call. Support her. Say she's amazing. Say she's dope. Put a heart on what you see her do it. Repost, reshare. Yeah, that's there's right? definitely power. It all, it all comes back. It all, it all it always comes back and it's powerful because when you're having a bad day, you go celebrate your sister. 
Right. And there's and definitely the power in, in celebrating others. And like you said, it comes back to you, right? It's reciprocal. And sometimes you don't even know who actually is watching you. So when, when you're cheering someone else on, you may just be encouraging the next person who may not have had the best day either. So it's all about connecting the dots and then also finding kind of like a, a cadre of like-minded women or others that where you can support each other and help motivate each other and empower each other. So that was is actually a unique response, but I can definitely um, see where that can resonate with me and many of the things that I have going on and resonate with so many of the listeners who tune into her story as well. And instead of having a competitive spirit, we should be uplifting and empowering each other and motivating each other to keep going. I think that's really beautiful. Um, if others are interested, April, in any other things that you may have going on, um, how can they connect with your business and what are your social media handles? Um, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because that's another area that I'm very intentional about. If there's somebody that I know, you see that I know that I need to connect somebody, I'm going to do that. You know, you go and you tell yourself, but I'm never going to close the door for anybody because if we already have enough people closing doors so all my information is on on my website my social media handle is the strategist underscore at anybody that knows me knows like what well, you know call, call call at he's the fixer right if I, if I know this person over here and i can connect you and it helps solve what you're trying to do or you need something with this or you need me to do something personally i'm really about that because this journey for me has been about other people opening the doors and the spaces. I'm not a, I'm not a large company. I'm not grossing billions of dollars, right? But the value of the relationship that I have made and I have is priceless. People will pay billions of dollars for it to be able to pick up the phone and call from right? To, to, to consider him a friend. Right. To, to know that he can pour, pour into your life, right? To know that, that they're being I just go down a list of just, of just good, genuine people, right, that this journey has taken me on. And so I just try to share that with as many people as I can. You never know what that one thing is that'll be that switch, that'll be um, a really big blessing for somebody else. Not just believe in the universe. It always brings it back. Even the bad stuff. You know, I tell somebody the other day, if you're always talking about, you know, I mean, what about the bad days? The older I've gotten, and this has been hard and, and humbling, too. The bad day is when God's trying to teach me something I need to work on, right? right. I, don't, I don't look at it anymore like, oh, I can't believe this happened to me. Like, this isn't right. It's not fair. No, no, no. Okay, what's God trying to teach me in this moment? Was I too, was I too quick to speak? You know, did I lack patience in that moment? Um, did I let my ego get in the way in that moment? Was I not sincere in that moment? What's happening that he's trying to teach me right now? Instead of looking at when the bad days come, like, oh, I've done something wrong. Okay. You know, I think, I think we're always elevating, we're always growing. And in order to do that, we all got to be refined. Definitely. And every time I have a bad moment, I'm like, okay, God's trying to refine me. He's trying to refine me. Let me put on some taco cops. Let me get myself. Let, let me get refined. Let me, really, let me really be true with April around what really happened in this situation and what April needs to do better. Does April need to make a phone call and apologize? And, and, and I tell you all the time, it's not for the other person. I used to hear that and be like, 
know what? That's so cliche. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not talking to her no more. I'm not forgiving him. Like, no. But you know what? You can't be like that. Right. You have to be honest you with yourself. You want to put in the world what you want to get out of it. And you really can't control other people. Right. So you have to always go back and self-reflect. Re- refine sometimes. Eat the humble pie sometimes. And, and the greatest, um, someone said this to me like about a month ago. I wish I, I don't know who it was, but they said to me, the greatest thing to keep you from being great is ego. It's, it's, it, will, it will keep you from being great. Ego. And we all have to check it, right? Including yours truly. Right. And I've really tried hard to say, you know, let me put it, let me put it away and let me just always try to be in a space of humbleness and a space of being open and really being in a space where I don't, I try really hard to not let people offend me because you don't really know me. So something's going on with you and it's really not about me. So I shouldn't even react to that that way. Right. Right. A lot of self-coaching, a lot of really, really trying to see everything that's happening to you as a value and part of whatever this like book of life that God already has written out. Like whatever you like, you know, even like the, the bad days they come, I'm like, you know, but God already had a plan for this. So let me do my crying. Let me do my anger. Let me roll my eyes. But there's something I'm supposed to learn on, on this page in this, in this chapter of my life. So right. if I don't learn, I'm going to stay on this same page. So I want to get to the next page. Right. So I think it's, it's a, would be great to say that, you know, we have to always be authentic and honest with ourselves, Right. Um, we also have to be aware that there are blessings within the storm. And also, like you said, what we give, um, what we put into the world, is it ultimately it will come back to us. So we should always be proud of what we did at the end of the day, right? And if you're not proud or you're not happy what you did at the end of, of the day, I think it's important that you have to reflect and look at those changes and how, again, how you can refine the overall situation. And in doing so, uh, we will definitely build ourselves up. We'll definitely create a culture where we're, we're checking ourselves, we're being our, our best selves and putting our best foot forward. And it will ultimately connect us to the right people, to build the right relationships and those relationships can carry you further than even resources or money ever can. So April, thank you so much for sharing the many different lessons within your entrepreneurship journey. Thank you so much for sharing the great projects that you have coming around, particularly in New Orleans. Again, super excited to be able to uh, participate in the HBCU All-Star Weekend and see what greatness will be brought to New Orleans within the next few weeks. So again, thank you so much for joining her story, April. No, thank you so much for having me. And, and we have to offline try to get you connected into what we're doing. Because I think, I, you know, since we've been on here, I'm like, oh, okay, I see the book. We need, I, I, my mind has been working on ways that we can collaborate and get you in part of like this issue major moment. Yes, yes. We definitely have to chat and connect and see what we can make happen, you know, be made possible. So I'm, look, I'm definitely down.
Her story is always about building and networking and expanding brands. So again, thank you so much. And audience, if you are empowered or motivated in some way, please tell a friend to tell a friend. Her story is available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And always remember that your story is not solely for you. It is meant to be shared with other women and provide hope to those facing similar situations. You are a victor. You are a winner and you will not be defeated because you are her heroic empowering and resilient be sure to follow her story podcast on instagram at her story underscore podcast and facebook at her story podcast it's jay jameson with her story and we're out <laughs>